0: Welcome to You Better Believe It, a uh, show whose title is getting less and less relevant every week. With me, as always, is Nasty Nate Ragoli. Good lord, Nate. What's going on in this uh, first half-ish of Love, Death, and Robots, the Netflix series? Oh,
1: hey. Uh, I think it's really good.
0: I do, there, too. There are
1: some, there are some uh, less than stellar entries, but uh, I, I was largely pleased with what I watched.
0: Yeah, me, too. Um, we'll get into it. I think they uh, picked the worst one to start the show with.
1: Oh yeah no I, I agree. I agree the the yeah, there okay. yeah the first the, I didn't like the first one that much either. mostly because it's sort of like uh, does all of the things that you need for sort of like misogynistic, non like trying to be ironic but not ironic storytelling yeah and it's like kind of lordy <laughs> yeah yeah super it's like oh yeah yeah everybody here has tattoos and weird hair and robot parts and they're all really dark and deep and sinister and there's a creepy suited british guy yeah it was it, i and it lets you know that the rape victim is the real monster <laughs> right <laughs>
0: which i mean hey i, I don't think Supreme that's what Port they were says, going so. for yeah right I don't think that was the intent of that, but that is what the text is. Oh yeah,
1: no, it's it's, yeah, it's not it's not a good opening. Um, I I kind of felt like the whole thing was very video gamey. Like
0: yeah, it, it felt it, a lot like the spirits within. It's like everything we hate and bitch about with animated movies. It's like trying to be too photorealistic, and it's like edgy and I don't know. I just like what's the opposite of twee?
1: Yeah, like just, just like steel wooly or something. I don't know. It's like just intentionally. It's just intentionally like I'm a hedgehog. Don't touch me. I'm being prickly. Yeah, yeah.
0: But uh, this is a uh, executive produced by David Fincher of Benjamin Button fame, and, and the social <laughs> and only network. that only that movie. <laughs> and uh, no, of uh, Fight Club and Zodiac, which is one of my favorite movies. Oh yeah, Zodiac's great. Uh, Seven, is a movie I think people might be familiar with.
1: What's in the box?
0: What's in the box? Um, the remake of the girl with the dragon tattoo, which is a series of books
1: made into movies, which none of them are good. Yeah, I—I I mean, I haven't seen a single one of them. I yeah. know that Daniel, what's his face, is in one of them. Bond. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Daniel
1: yeah. Craig is in one of them, and then it's got ooh, Rooney Mara.
0: Yeah, one of the one of the uh, the scions of NFL royalty. Yeah. Uh, Art Rooney and... Uh, God, what is Mara's name? Does he have an initial name? Is he like a GW Mara or some shit? Like some rich guy thing? Oh, yeah. No, Wellington. That's The, the Steelers guy, is, right? No, Oh, no. Art Rooney is the Steelers guy. Oh, that's... Guy. That, okay. It's Wellington Mara. Mara is the Giants guy. They are a uh, progeny of both of those people. Whoa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's going <so> wrong? <laughs> mm, lots. <laughs> yeah and also uh, Tim Miller director of Deadpool and um god what else did he do he was uh, shit he just oh um I don't know Nate what else did Tim Miller do I feel like I think he's doing the new Terminator movie he definitely okay. did the first Deadpool
1: and uh, I should probably do more research yeah Terminator Dark Fate He's doing the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Ooh. He did a movie called Gopher Broke in two thousand four. Yeah, uh, I'm, re-
0: I'm. really hoping that Sonic movie is just like a like a series of deviant art vignettes, right? <laughs> like because that's the only
1: Sonic we really care about, right? If, if it's anything else, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, not just interested. not to be worth it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't recognize anything else. A Gentleman's Duel which looks like it was an animated movie in 2006. I'll tell you one
0: thing you might know that he directed. Uh, There was a commercial for, I believe it was Arkham Knight, the PlayStation 4 game. Oh, okay. Where it was like, it's just a series of quick cuts. It's like a young Bruce Wayne, and there's a muzzle flash, then it cuts to him in, like, primary school, and he's all beat up. Then there's another flash, and it cuts to him as an adult. It's actually a really good commercial. Oh, nice. It's It's a nice visual without having to say a lot. But those are the two things I know, Deadpool and... This and the revival of Terminator, which James Cameron says is great, but he said the last three were great, so.
1: And he was wrong. Yeah.
0: (gasps) Yeah. James Cameron's not a
1: guy that makes uh, very good movies anymore. Well, it's. I mean, it's. I think it's that same. It's kind of the Spielberg thing, right? It's like, after. I don't know. After a certain age, nobody can reliably be. Compelling. Like, what they can do is keep doing what they broke through with. Yeah. And that's fine. But. It it as tastes change, they will not, and so it'll just be like, well, all right, that's fine.
0: Is it possible to be like a real artist after you're
1: already a multi-billionaire, Nate? I don't think so. I think because <laughs> like, I think our I'm... culture is too uh, our our culture at least now is too predicated on branding, and and you know, and film studios and and these you know, and Disney and all these places are going to give you money to be consistent right they're not going to give you money to take crazy chances later in life like i'm sure if you're yeah like james cameron could probably do like an indie film on his own that would be just his thing and he'd have to completely finance it himself and he could do that several thousand times over so it's not a big deal i think that's what avatar was though yeah
0: well and that's the thing. <laughs> i guess we'll see what avatar 2 is like uh, yeah avatar 2 through 6
1: right like a, oh yeah 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 uh the first one wasn't good like at all, I I haven't actually ever seen it. I watched the most of it I've ever seen on the airplane when Jenny and I were coming back from New York, uh, over the shoulder uh, through. Like I watched it on the screen of a person who was a row in front of us. Yeah,
0: I don't even I know like, if that's a long I enough. I pretty trip.
1: much get it. I don't
0: know. I don't know if, that, I don't know if uh, New York to Denver's a long enough trip to
1: actually watch that entire movie. Right. It was. It was. It was not over when no. we
0: landed.
1: <laughs> I'm like, oh, cool. So. I could tell, like, Giovanni Ribisi is just being like a, a I don't know, Scientological prick boy. It's, and that was pretty it, much what I could tell about the movie. He's
0: playing Paul Riser in Aliens. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. He, he just grabbed that, that trick out of his bag. I mean, he just remade his own movie. It's like when John Fogarty got plagiarized for, uh, or got sued for plagiarizing himself when he was a solo oh. artist. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's funny. Yeah, so yeah, so it's just like a movie where he's like, okay, well, what if this time the aliens aren't evil? <laughs> yeah, what, what if, are the implications of humans doing stuff? Okay, what cool. if I uh,
0: lectured you about the evils of technology by making the most technologically advanced and expensive movie ever made to this point?
1: <laughs> it's like uh, it's like a casino scene from The Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we should we should talk about the uh, rise of Skywalker. Trailer. I didn't
0: watch the teaser, but it sounds well, like it, it shouldn't be called like star Wars episode nine, like massive course correction. It just feels like they're just like, okay, well I guess this is what people want.
1: Yeah. I don't, I I'm, I'm curious just like the, the teaser itself is like, I mean, because it's a teaser in, in its nature, it provides zero information. It gives you like seven consecutive satisfying action beats where you're like, Oh, this looks like it'll be good. And it very well could be good. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, I don't know. It reminds it's me interesting, of... everybody's just going to start conjecturing about it for the, next, for the next eight months. The
0: thing about oh. the, these Star Wars movies remind me of, like, you ever meet somebody that starts dating someone and they immediately start adopting every kind of mannerism and interest that that person has? Sure, uh-huh. That's what these movies are starting
1: to feel like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, they don't, uh, because, the, because Last Jedi was, like, a movie where they intentionally sort of didn't adopt the mannerisms. Yeah, yeah. And everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of people weren't very satisfied with it. Now I, w-
0: I would have been fine like, with it if the movie itself wasn't bad. I have no well, problem I with the
1: movie. M- That's the thing yeah. is, it's like, there were just so many things that we've already, you know, we've talked about at length, like that could have been rewritten or just like, hey, uh, maybe a second pass at this script. We could have, we could have ironed some of the stuff out and had a really quality movie that also had a theme of we're going to get rid of heroes and this idea of clear good and evil. Okay, cool. Let's try it. Uh, but they didn't do that. No, no. Uh, instead, they did a eh, not a bad, but not a good, not a good movie either. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, you know, it's it's a Star Wars movie, so I'm gonna go see it, and so will everyone else. So yeah. you know, even though I've already seen a bunch of people like, hey, if we don't. You know, if we don't keep saying something, they're not going to listen to it. It's like, they're they're not going to listen to you. Like, they have the money to make the movie. And they'll have more money once they make the movie. So don't worry about it. Like, just go see this. <laughs> make peace with whatever it is. It'll yeah. either be a story about Kylo Ren turning into Ben Solo and becoming good, and that's the Skywalker who rises, or Ray will be the Skywalker, or... Luke wasn't even dead because the entire middle movie was just a dream, and JJ's going to have him wake up on the, on like one of those weird hose bag suit tables that Finn was in. and now, he, I, I
0: like, like your theory that it's actually a reference to uh, former North Carolina State great uh, David
1: Thompson. Oh yeah, he was a Denver Nugget too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was one of those uh, talented basketball players of the '70s who Coke completely derailed. Yeah, that'll get you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and if you're Sean Kemp, it'll turn you fat somehow, which is like, they should study him somewhere.
1: This this one is impervious to the thinning mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he still dunks, but only donuts. Oh my god, he got so fat
0: after he started doing coke, it's amazing.
1: Oh yeah, it was very weird. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright, so let's talk about these. We'll, I got the list of the titles here. So the first uh, aforementioned
1: Edgelord. Rape Revenge fantasy? Yeah, with, like... So basically, it's, like, whatever that Hugh Jackman, like, robot boxing movie was, oh, but... this Real or, Steel. Yeah, uh, it's, like, Real Steel slash Pokemon, but with crazier-looking monsters. And, yeah,
0: I didn't even, like... At first, I had a hard time, like, are these monsters also robots? Like... Yeah, and yeah, th- and then when you find out that they're actually alive, like I was more concerned with the plight of the monsters than I was anything else going on in the story.
1: Oh yeah, but then of course it it, well the monster turns out to be, the, woman. Yeah, <laughs> which that that's totally fine. It, it was a big whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's all just
0: like, a lot of oh out of my way mate, fuck off cunt. Oh yeah, she uh. She got raped to death, and now she's on a revenge. Like it's like okay. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, it's like it's like the the one scene in Street Fighter to the animated movie where they pan through sort of the weird illegal underground fighting ring that yeah. happens to be going on in a casino or whatever, and it's just that as a as a feature. I'm it's always just like, here's the story.
0: I'm always concerned about these things, and I think we brought it up in Real Steel and this too. Like would would like. Professional robot slash dog fighting ever supplant like every other sport? Do you really think like how many people are showing up to cockfights now?
1: Right. Well, that's the thing is I don't. You know, I I feel like I feel like I, boxing is kind of on its last legs.
0: Yeah, in America, yeah, uh, Europe and other sure. places, not really. I think um, I think people that make these movies really overestimate the bloodlust of the the general American populace.
1: Well, I mean, this, and this movie, or this, you know, this short is definitely written from a perspective of, like, the most, it's just sort of like the most violent video games and the most, like, like you said, it's like a gritty edgelord future kind of idea. So we don't live in a post-apocalypse, but we do live in a time where everybody has the ability to, like, grow a sentient monster in a tank. Yeah, they're made out of uh, sponges. And then, uh, Yeah. Yeah. You just just hose him down and then it's a giant <laughs> it's a giant dinosaur getting, <laughs> water on people. I feel like um, that reference comes up a lot. <laughs> it's one of the best like cutaway gags that they ever did.
0: I mean, just the, the visual of it just sliding down the driveway into the sewer.
1: <laughs> and the palpable disappointment on Bart's face. Yeah. Um Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it was – this was fine. It was like I, – I guess the thing was is it was just like, okay, so we're going to have violence and we're going to have discomforting nudity because of this uncanny valley kind of design on the animation. Um, And, yeah, and just like, okay, well, it's going to have like a quadruple cross in it. So that's what's – that's the compelling thing, I guess. Yeah, and it's like easily – like I don't, I don't know – I haven't seen all of them yet.
0: But it's, like, of the ones that we watch of this group, it is, like, not only the worst one, but also, like, the lamest one. And I'm really confused as to when you were assembling these things, why you would put that first. That feels like it feels like something you would put in kind of middle after something really heavy and deep. Yeah, like, yeah. Or is this just, like, well, this is what we think, like, our audience would be interested in and we'll hook them with this? And then kind of tell more compelling stories later once we've already got them. I don't get, I don't get the placement of this
1: short. Yeah, I think it's like it's like you know in in like psychology of sales. There's the thing that's like the door in the face method, which is you go there and you're like, hey, uh, you can buy this thing from me for a million dollars, and somebody goes, fuck no, a million dollars is crazy, and they slam the door. So you knock again and you're like, hey, I'll sell it to you for half a million, and they're like, oh, that's a good deal. Yeah. I think that's what this is. It's like, hey, here's this like, you know, bang bang, bro-y kind of, <laughs> weird little short. So, check this out, and then you know maybe you'll be curious because they really should have opened with with the next one because the next one was exceptional.
0: Yeah, like yeah, I think broy is a good way to put that. Like it feels like, like something Zack Snyder would write about, yeah. like female empowerment.
1: No, for sure. Yeah, I mean, don't that's the like thing is yeah. It's like
0: sucker punch, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a very on the nose like rape illusion in this monster fight that's just gross, and not like gross in the way that like something thoughtful is. It's just like just gross, gross.
1: Yeah. Oh no. I mean, that's the thing. It is. It's very it, that you hit it. It's very sucker punchy. It's very much like what does a guy think that female empowerment is? And the vi- and the vision here is like she's got a funky haircut and. She takes her tits out because she wants to.
0: Right, and she's still like like impossibly hot though. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they can't yeah. go they can't just make her like a regular animated
1: person. No, I mean, well, and that's the thing, is like nobody and what's weird is like nobody is nobody's particularly stylized in this, except for like the British guy who is sort of implausibly bowling pin shaped.
0: Yeah, he's like, like a villain from time splitters. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, what's that that game that came out recently the uh We Happy Few. It's got that kind of weird kind of euro angular design. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, you know, it was I don't know. It was like it was a a weak opening and it was exactly what you said. It's it's like, "Hey, this, so yeah, a, an empowered female like does stuff that a man would want her to do, but she's pro- she's happy about it." Something. I mean, I don't even know what it's supposed to say.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I, I, we've heard enough from uh, Sunny's Edge today. Oh, uh, that's also like if you're if you're learning how to write, that's a good shortcut oh, to make. That no, we we're here. I was just saying if you're learning okay, how cool. to write kick ass action, the easiest way to shortcut a female character into being a badass is to give her a a, a man ish name, right? <laughs> like like Sunny, Frankie. So keep that in your back pocket in case you ever need to use it tank boy (laughs) that'll work (laughs) but uh let's go to the next one three robots yeah i i i I think uh i I knew you would love this watching it like i did too Uh, i'm assuming again but uh, i thought this one was fantastic nate So we had a bit of a snit with my internet. We're back. Um, I mean, it would be instant if you're listening to it. So pretend that we're not back or we're still here or time's a flat circle. Anyway, we're getting ready to talk about the next bit. That's three robots. I thought this bit was great. I think you probably did two.
1: <laughs> Pontificate. You, oh, yeah. This 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 was easy. Like, uh, I gave it a 10 out the gate. It's funny. <laughs> the... Uh, the voice acting is excellent. The concept is excellent. And the twist at the end is, is actually kind of like clever. The, yeah, it's cute. Yeah. Yeah. Like this whole idea that you got robot tourists basically cruising through post-apocalyptic Earth. And then uh, everything's overrun with cats. I mean, yeah, I love the... There's a strong like cat runner in these shows. Oh, yeah. It really is, yeah. Uh, and, and it tends to actually the cats tend to pop up in the ones that are really good
0: yeah yeah I'd say so yeah uh, uh, the yeah just the the idea I like how one of the robots is uh says well you see one post-apocalyptic city you've seen them all
1: yeah <laughs> yeah I love that I love the the conversation they had about the because uh, the one robot is like an not an Xbox but something close to that yeah you find like the Early model of him, <laughs> or they think so. It's like looking at corpses of of their of his ancestors. Yeah, it was just it was just pristine from front to back. It was so it was so clever and quirky
0: Is and this... not not openly yeah, it, so. It, it's something that I was talking about on the the show this the other show this week with Throw Mom from the Train. Like I like a good black comedy, and we don't get those a lot anymore. But uh, like just the the one the kind of. Uh, non-aesthetically pleasing robot taking pictures with all the gruesome, like, suicides
1: and the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. No, I thought, I mean, it was great because it is, it's like, okay, well, I mean, everybody's long dead. So, yeah. yeah, they roll into a high school gymnasium and the captain of the basketball team has blown his brains out and there's a cheerleader hanging from the rafters and it's like,
0: yeah, all right. Yeah, but it's like all those people that take the selfies at those old, like, Parisian cemeteries and stuff. Like, I don't know if the morbidity of it really kind of sinks in. And I
1: guess it's because of like the distance and time, yeah yeah well they, they don't it doesn't feel like real people have died to the robots right, right? and probably not to anybody who's taken cemetery photos
0: I do love the, uh, the the it just bounces that's it it's like well they are humans bouncing things is it about the height of their mental capacity
1: yeah. <laughs> and then they and then the the robots can't figure out how to bounce how to play basketball no but I but I love the. I mean, it's the little things. Like they, the one goes to bounce the ball and effectively just like throws the ball at the floor and lets it, it just bounce like, away. Drops it.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: and then they're all just like, whoa, that was amazing!" and clapping. I mean, it, <laughs> it's it's great. It was such a funny bit. Um, yeah, I would have I would have started this anthology with that bit, probably. Oh yeah, me too. I mean, because it's not it's not too cutesy and and. I, I mean, I think maybe they opened with the one they did because they wanted to set this tone. Like, the email that I got from Netflix about this was, we have oh. a new NSFW animated series. So I think, oh. that's, I think that's what they were leading with, was NSFW. And, yeah, what better than your your edgelord uh, rape and lesbianism episode that came before. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, this, this was easily uh, just a perfect little piece and and really uh, admirable because it wraps itself up nicely it leaves you with kind of a it leaves you wanting more you want to know what actually happens to them after all the cats arrive uh, yeah
0: I wouldn't mind a series of shorts with these robots like you know yeah. maybe like a full series would kind of overstay the premise but like you know five six seven fifteen minute shorts like I could deal with that
1: yeah if, if you did a if you did a BBC style one series thing. Yeah. Just yeah. That would be great. I would love to see them again cuz it was it was really funny and I I was I went from being like, "Oh, this is going to be okay." when I when we started watching this to, "Oh man, I'm I'm enchanted. This is this could be really good." Yeah. And the the idea that the one's like,
0: "I don't want to alarm you, but if you it stops making that noise talking about the cat, <laughs> it yeah. may
1: explode." Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, they have they have uh, such a depth of knowledge and such a lack of information at the same time. It's really, it makes them, it makes them charming characters for sure.
0: Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's not a whole, whole lot to dive into. It's, you know, just, it's pretty much that premise and then the jokes that go with it. But I think that's enough. You said it doesn't overstay its welcome.
1: Yeah. Um. And then it's out. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it gives you, it gives you exactly what you want, which is like a satisfying experience involving robots in the post-apocalypse. Yeah. There we go, and then we That's move it. on to the next one. That is, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I felt about it. It's definitely. I feel like it's the most
0: high art of yes. them. Sure. Um, it reminds me of, and not in the way that this is going to sound. Remember a uh, Robot Carnival? Yes. Uh huh. Uh huh. R- remember the one scene, or the one uh sketch where it's just that boy walking, walking by the clouds. Yeah. Yeah. This is this movie this collections version of that although it's not nearly as pretentious and
1: annoying. Yeah, no, it's just it, it, I I would agree. It has it has a very uh I mean, so I I felt I felt like the animation was kind of Spider-Verse like. It had yeah, that kind of It's like
0: a rotoscoped, I
1: think. Okay, it, yeah.
0: It, yeah. This is a uh, Kobe uh friend of the show and sometimes guest of the show. This is his favorite sequence I think he was talking about. Okay. Okay. But he's like a—I don't want to say a visual learner—but he's like big into you know lighting and visuals and photography and that kind of stuff. So like I see why he liked this one the best.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's de- it it definitely sees itself more as a film, especially than the than the previous two. Um, yeah. And it and you know I I think the weird like it's it's basically a flat circle. It's a looping trap of witnessing a murder thing that's. Interesting. I mean, on its face, it's sort of. I mean, it it, it has an edge edgelord, edge lordy vibe to it too. It's like, hey, how much you know? How much uh, you know? Lesbian sex and and everything else can we throw into this thing? Is it, isn't it kind of weird that like the idea of lesbians is still
0: like novel to some people?
1: Yeah, no. Well, that's the thing. I, I, <laughs> the problem is, is that it, it it's very much like this one presents it very much as a like males consuming women who kiss each other. It's not about yeah. lesbianism, but it, I mean, and that's uh, it's pretty obvious from the way it's laid out. Like it's 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 pre- it's like a peep show prostitution situation.
0: Well, kind of, it presents like the idea of lesbians as like a kink unto themselves,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good way to put it. Which, yeah, so it's 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 not really you know up with up with the times necessarily in that way. Um, and I guess the thing is, is like, yeah, I like the look of it a lot. I found like I felt like the plot of it was kind of hollow, and sort of, I think, just doing this like, hey, it's going to happen again, but in reverse order was just kind of like, okay, so why is it happening?
0: It, it's very, like, run, Lola, run. Yeah, good good
1: call, good call.
0: Also, I find the most compelling thing about this is that one of the characters has a full bush, which is not something you're used to seeing anymore. No,
1: no, yeah, that's, like, that's some, that's some <laughs> stuff when you and I were kids. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was so,
0: because we didn't have, like, the full-on, like, into-your-guts penetration porn when we were kids. Right. So, because of, like, that area, I thought that it went, like, straight in, like, you would lay down. And it was almost like, uh, like one of those kids like pound the peg through the table things. Sure, And that okay. the hole would be like directly in the middle of that.
1: Right in the middle of the in the middle of the of the pubic hair.
0: Correct. Okay. Like, which seems like if if you're just like an outsider as you are, like an eleven year old or whatever, like from an
1: engineering standpoint, that seems like it would be the most functional way to do it. Right. You're saying that perpendicular is the right way. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to hit that a little hard. No, I got
0: to do it. It is a weird design flaw.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, I, I thought that was, you know, the, the thing is, is there's not, there's, I, I have no beef with this one on the style. Like, everything is really weird and compelling, and it has a cool sort of proto-cyberpunk, uh, like, I don't know, edgy South Korea vibe to it, I guess. Yeah. Like.
0: It's like, it's the aesthetics of all the things we like just kind of wrapped up in nothing.
1: It's like a, yeah,
0: like a tennis ball. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. it's just, it's just cool stuff coiling itself around a tennis ball. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, it was, it was fine. It was kind of, it kind of had a couple of eyes wide shutty moments too. I thought, especially when he's like pursuing her through the bordello or whatever and gets into that room and then they, they've got kind of the, the carnival masks on yeah that was pretty interesting um
0: but again not a whole whole lot to talk about
1: yeah with this one
0: not not too much there uh just watch it and re- replace the soundtrack with whatever chemical Brothers song you like the best
1: yeah yeah absolutely i think it would it would function perfectly as just a a late 90s kind of dance techno video yeah
0: or uh, you know, R.I.P. Keith Flynn. You just put uh, "Smack My Bitch Up" on there oh, on the loop. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think you'd be fine. That's it's almost the same thing, isn't it? Yeah. Like <laughs> you're you're not sure what's going on, and then you find out that you're murdering somebody, and that's the end of the thing. Anyway, uh, the next one is called Suits.
0: I before you get into this, like I didn't expect to like this one, and I almost loved it more than the rest of them. Oh wow! Okay. Um, And this is why. All right. I know we've talked about this, like, offline before, about how we kind of forget about the Midwest and that they are political people and have thoughts and ideas. And they're not just this, like, unwashed mess that only likes the movie old school. Sure, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that there's, like, a thoughtfulness and a care kind of dealt with these farmers that you usually don't get.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I, I agree with you completely. I loved that it was, like, farmer mechs fighting aliens. And that it treated itself like it was. It was sort of a a, it was kind of that rugged frontiersman vibe, but it was also very, it was it was tight knit and communal, and it wasn't you know, it just it didn't have any of the trappings of I guess like religious exclusion and things that that may happen as well. Um, yeah,
0: no, it's just all the community stuff and the line uh, because you the one guy the lead Hank I guess is some kind of like East Coast transplant. Because he, he's like oh yeah quit your fucking job and be a farmer huh yeah that's gonna turn out great <laughs> and also the idea the fact that they're just like um, and I guess like the the scarecrow is just kind of a metaphor for the entire story the idea that they're just out there basically like shooting crows to keep them away from their crops but the crows are aliens coming or other dimensional beings yeah coming I, from a breach I think is a pretty good conceit
1: yeah yeah no I think it's I think it's very cool it it you know the the aliens themselves are very Starship Troopers-y. Yeah. Or, I guess, like, the Zerg from the StarCraft games, too. They're pretty much the same kind of thing. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I agree. Like, I, I I felt like it was a little, like, the writing was a little cliche in Spots. Yeah. It was, it was so on-the-nose 80s action movie. Um, but, aside from that, like, the way that the animation is kind of, it's almost too cute on purpose, but it works really well because they don't, like normal uh, normal conflict and danger happens. Um, right. And I yeah, I thought it was really well put together. Um, you know. I do like the, the mundaneity of the alien incursions. You know
0: what I mean? And when you get the reveal at the very end it explains why they're so kind of like blasé about it. Right. But yeah, it's a, it's another one that doesn't have like a tremendous amount of depth, but I think for like the small story that it tells, like I think it does it really well and it's like it's a oh, it it's a perspective you don't usually see for stories
1: like this. Oh no, for sure. Instead of because yeah, I, I I think we would both agree, and I think this is what you're saying is like the traditional like Mex fighting aliens sort of story, or even this kind of angle of just going sci-fi this direction with with fighting aliens. It's usually gritty, street smart, uh, you know course people, not just a bunch of kind of, I mean, really it's, it. they're all, I mean, they, they could easily just be like Montana farmers or, you know, whatever. They're just people in flannel who who want to be able to sit on the porch and drink a beer, but every once in a while they, they got to hunker down and use the silo laser to blow some shit up.
0: It reminds me, I maybe just I have a personal connection with a good friend of mine who's from Missouri, and he's, like, the, the leftiest of lefties, but he also grew up on a hog farm and almost drowned surfing uh, an old door on a, like, I forget what they call it, but basically it's, like, a lake of pig shit. Oh, God. Okay. Nice. <laughs> but he's he also can, like, fix anything. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, and yeah. He just, like, see... Those kind of people. And like you said, it's usually either, like, the gritty... Uh, people that who are, may or may not be ex-military or the coastal elitist scientists sure are the people that are in this story, and like I so said, not just regular Jim and John uh, America. Which, again, I appreciated. Yeah, no,
1: I thought that was cool because it really—it felt like you could see uh, after the story that takes place in this, like they're just hanging out, tuning up their mechs, you know, in the way that you would tune a truck, replace the alternator, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, and the, yeah. And the the one
0: kind of dumb dumb farmer is like, I'm more of a Da
1: Vinci because I understand
0: both composition and function or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. I
1: thought it was a pretty funny <laughs> line. Yeah, I liked. I I did. I really liked that. That there was there was a, a there was just this it, it, this sort of universality of intelligence. It wasn't like, hey, these people don't know anything because of where they live. It was like, no, they actually they have a very specialized uh, scope of knowledge, and you know, cool. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the next one is sucker of souls. It's just like the second weakest. I thought, Oh man, really? I love this one. Did you? (laughs) Yeah, I really liked it. I thought the, uh, I thought the comedy horror mix was, was very like, I don't know. It just, it, it had a, a fleet sort of confidence about it. Um, I did like the line, uh, well, he ain't the first guy to ever get in trouble for eating a little pussy. <laughs> I wrote that down, too. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I thought I thought it was, you know, uh, I thought it was interesting because it had this very, like, it went from being kind of an Indiana Jones-esque old serial kind of vibe to, oh, uh, Vampire Beasts. Um, yeah. You know, I think
0: the thing that didn't ring with me, and maybe if I saw it on its own it would be different, like, it didn't, feel thematically
1: linked to the rest of it oh yeah no that's a good point it's it definitely doesn't like the only thing it's got is the death part right but it doesn't have robots or love in it and that's fine i mean all the other ones preceding have had some form of each so yeah. so yeah want well, you know to what that's
0: that might not even be fair because my I think what's my favorite sequence in this uh, collection that we watched so far doesn't have anything to do with the theme either,
1: really. Oh, is it? Is it maybe the next one? <laughs> it is the next. Okay, one. yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just you know what I what I liked about Sucker of Souls was that it it had this, it just had a swagger about it that that was that was fun. I don't know. It it felt like it felt like it it knew what it was doing because it was it was aping. It was aping kind of more traditional anime in the way that there was massive blood splatter and big dramatic kills and everything. Um, but it also kind of was gra- it was latching on to a bunch of these other different, like, seeking an artifact stories and, you know, I, and maybe, maybe I, it just, like, it hit all the cliches I wanted it to hit. I don't know. Um, I liked the okay. idea that the... Uh, and I can't remember her name, but like, there's a there's a, a female character in their group who's just like eager to use C four and blow everything up. The and Scottish it, one. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's, but then you find out she's constantly using C four.
1: Yeah. Like it's all she does. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was. It, I, I will I give think, you. I don't. I don't think it was
0: bad. I just don't. I think in comparison to the rest of them, I don't think it's as good.
1: Yeah. No. I I, I hear you on that too. It doesn't. I think its main problem for me is that it doesn't end in a satisfying way. It just kind of is like, okay, we we'll re- we ran out of gas here, so yeah. Uh, there, which, surra- which
0: makes the ending like super dark.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh, so this thing that we just went through with you guys, you're you're all fucked. You're dead. <laughs> um, nice. So the- I
0: really I really like the animation on this one a lot. It was like very like Don Bluthy, like a not as polished at that, but the kind of 80s, uh, feature animations we grew up with, it kind of reminded me of that.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I would agree. I would agree. Um, so the next, the next one was, was excellent. This was my favorite. When the Yogurt Took Over. It's also the shortest one,
0: which isn't why it's my favorite, but, like, it, it covers a lot of ground in, like, six minutes. Oh, yeah,
1: and it's got Maurice LaMarche.
0: Yeah, the, the voice of the brain. Yeah. Uh, and, uh. (laughs) Orson Welles. Various in, like, Orson every... Welles eating peas impressions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chock full of wholesome green penis. Oh, no, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like TJ always talks about, it. like, he didn't know Orson Welles, but, like, he knew Maurice LaMarche when we were younger. So then when you you got it at as an adult, it was kind of a nice
1: little bonus.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, oh, that's what this voice is.
1: Oh, I mean, I, you know, it, yeah, it, all those, all those, like, old, like, Warner Brothers things, when you get older and you finally get the jokes, because you're like, oh, that's Clark Gable. I didn't know yeah. Clark Gable was, but now I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, th- this, this one was great. Uh, I thought the animation was spectacular. It had a, a very uh, polished and se- pseudo Pixar kind of energy yeah. to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that's like exactly what they were going for. And I think for the story
1: that they're telling, it works really well. Oh, it's so it's so great because it's so cute. And then, you know, the yogurt basically <laughs> like I, it's interesting because the, the, the only downside of it for me was I wish it were longer. I wish we yeah. got a little bit more. Um, but you don't need anything like it's it's solid where it is. It was just so well put together that I was like, oh, man, I could have gone for another 10, 15 minutes of that.
0: And the concept is so stupid that I love it oh, yeah.
1: immensely. Yeah, um, we've created yogurt that's sentient, <laughs> and the yogurt then becomes so much smarter than us that it demands control of the earth. Right, but they never explain why it wants it. Right, although uh, there's a, they do a there's a, pre- a fin. Go ahead. Oh, they they do a great job uh, preserving Cleveland. Yeah, which I thought was also very funny. There's like, a
0: fantastic like throwaway joke in here where they're doing the experiments and like you see the one side is the background picking up the champagne and it's like, but all the experiments had been failures and the other one's like waving them off. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, they just – it was. It was very – like it felt like a, a fully realized world even though you didn't – there wasn't – I mean it's basically just a line of exposition. But it doesn't – it doesn't feel like exposition. It feels like kind of a a, a fun little folk tale, and then and then yeah. it feels it feels like a story that Kurt Vonnegut would write as
0: Kilgore Trout in like half a page of Breakfast of Champions. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. It 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 definitely had that energy. But yeah,
0: again, uh, watch it for yourself. Like, not a whole whole lot to talk about again with this one, but um. I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and it's I mean I, I hope I hope we get another kind of like just short weirdo one at some point in this anthology.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to the second half to see what to see what else comes cuz it it's uh yeah, I mean it for the most part we're we're very satisfied so far with this. Um, yeah, and like
0: this, you know, pretty much everything in here in all the stories they've done well with is uh the the jokes and the comedic beats cuz like there hasn't been a groaner in any of them.
1: No, yeah, they've all, they've all had great timing and, and quality payoffs and everything. And, and I, I think what's great is, the, you know, this is, this is sort of an ambitious thing to do, to do an anthology of, of this stuff, because it's got a pretty specific audience, you would think. Uh, but they also did an excellent job by keeping everything short. It, it does it, it has thus far done right exactly what Robot Carnival did wrong which was Robot Carnival was too long on stuff that didn't need to be there.
0: Yes, and it sucked. Yeah, and
1: it sucked. (laughs) So the next one is called Beyond the Aquila Rift. This one I'm
0: hot and cold on. I feel like, I felt like it was watching like a Mass Effect DLC. I was just going to say that. I was going to say
1: exactly (laughs) that. It's fucking Mass Effect DLC. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's like, uh, okay, I like the, uh, this one does a better job with the photorealistic animation than the first one did. Yeah. Um, the, The concept of the story is interesting. But, Even
0: though, but uh, don't you feel like you've seen the same exact story in the same exact setting like a
1: thousand times? Well, that, yeah, that's the thing is it like it was super familiar. Um, it, I don't think it was bad because of that, but no, you, I knew right away. Like, he woke up and this woman who he hasn't seen in a while was talking to him and immediately wants to fuck. and I was like, oh, he's dead. Like, yeah, you know, and and he's not dead, but he's effectively <laughs> dead. Um, And that, yeah, it, 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 yeah, it was, it was fine. Like, I think it was, I think it was the most, like, it was effectively kind of sexy and sinister. Um, but it was so on the nose that, you know, it would have been cool if it was written to be a little more, I don't know. Ethereal? Yeah, like more ethereal and more, and more delight in the mystery. Because it really seems like it's in a hurry to get the mystery out of the way. Like, yeah. it, like it, it. It's willing to spend a lot of time on what is, you know, a pretty long sex scene. It is a for a short, yeah. For, it is a long.
0: We're talking like room level, yeah. Length yeah, yeah. it's like,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: <laughs> I, I uh, mean, the room, not the Brie Larson movie that I didn't see, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 very much it's very much got that. Like, hey, we need to we need to have five whole minutes of sex in here. In this eight-minute-long piece.
0: Yeah, that's, like, that's, could you imagine you know. going to see, a, like, a, a a, like a you know, in-the-movie science fiction movie that was 40% fuck scenes? I mean, yeah. Like, what is even going on here? Yeah,
1: you're like, oh, the Event Horizon is mostly just
0: a porno. <laughs> and I mean, this is what that is, right? This is Event Horizon, or, like, you know, that Jacob's lat I mean, it's... You've seen this story oh, a yeah, yeah. billion and, times.
1: And the thing is, is this doesn't, like... I don't know. Like it, just, it doesn't pay off super well because you just sort of get like maybe she's a space spider. Is that what yeah? It is?
0: Yeah, I'm a spider that cares for all the people that end up in this derelict web covered space station. Which, I mean, I again, I'm not like a an expert on xenobiology or, and especially xeno entomology, but like. Can you weave webs in space from like planet to planet? That seems like it wouldn't work that well.
1: You'd have yeah, because I mean you, yeah. I don't know. It, it the thing is, is it's like it it is. It's it, you know the Mass Effect thing hits it because it's obsessed with its look, and the and all the things look cool, but they don't really they don't they don't connect to anything.
0: No, because I don't and like I f- I feel like and I know it's a short. I feel like we kind of lost a little bit of the fucking. Oh, okay. And um, gave the spider some kind of motivation as to why it's interested in keeping these people
1: right happy. Like I wanted to underst I wanted to get some sense of okay, how did the ship go off course? Like what actually happened, and where are we now? And what does it mean? Because like, am I am I to assume that this spider is pulling
0: these things in here and causing these uh, directional anomalies, or they're just randomly happening all the time? You know what I mean? Like right.
1: Well that's the thing is I have no idea I don't know if I don't know if it's a, a if it's like oh well every once in a while a space spider just will grab something traveling through a wormhole like normal or if the slight miscalculation referred to at the beginning was the thing that did it like I don't know and then because uh, it could have I was really I was into it when you know they kept waking the the female uh, crewmate up. And she yeah. she always say something about how it wasn't real, which I guess is his consciousness being aware of the fact that he's not actually there because she's yeah. dead. So then,
0: so is it running an experiment? Because like the payoff doesn't work because he's you know so desperate to see what's actually going on, even though he's not ready. Like it feels like it, they should have just left him in space hell with that spider. But they just reboot the simulation again.
1: Yeah, and, and and he's clearly aged incredibly. Like, he's wasting away and has grown, you know, a Methuselah beard. So I don't right. you know. We, we have no concept of time. We don't have any concept of, like, what is the spider slowly draining him of life? Is he just, is it just keeping him there as a, like, fucking porno fuck doll thing? Like, I don't, I don't really understand. Yeah, it, there was no motivation for the spider. Like, yeah, there's
0: there's context needed, and like in a short film, that's a problem. Like if you, in a 16 minute movie, if you don't have the context to figure out what's going on, like that's a real issue.
1: Yeah, no, it was huge, and and yeah, for for the the quality aspects of it, it just yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't work, and it was it was it was predictable.
0: Yeah, so I mean, eh, eh, Not, yeah, on that one, big eh yeah (laughs) like this one and uh sunny's edge if this movie had come out in 2002 i think would have worked better
1: oh yeah yeah because it would have been it would have been like a revolutionary thing it is it does it feels like it feels like an idea from the early period of computer animation that just sat on somebody's shelf for too long and they're like oh we got to do this we got to make this thing and it's like well we should probably workshop it some more
0: yeah it, I mean, I just we I think we've got to the point where we expect more from shit like this, oh yeah,
1: yeah well, because we because we've seen like mm-hmm. I mean just that yogurt the yogurt one before is a third of the time and gives you a clearer picture of an entire world and what's going on than this does and one that's ostensibly
0: way more bizarre, oh yeah,
1: yeah yeah this is this is almost just like, well, of course she's not real because. Why would anybody be way out here in a space station anyway? And conveniently, the hot blonde that you dated some time ago? Yeah. Ah, yep. All right. Hey,
0: we need a revolutionary idea. Well, let's remake the Cloverfield Paradox. Everybody liked that. Yeah,
1: that was that was a huge hit. <laughs> oh, Christ. Um, so
0: that brings us to, what is this one called? This is the Spirit Hunter one, right? Yeah, it's called Good Hunting. Is, okay. Uh, I really like this, uh, despite their
1: sneaky introduction to steampunk, which I, turned me off. I knew you were going to hate the steampunk. <laughs> I would. That, that's the note I took. I was like, "Hey, uh, so it it's got kind of a, a classical Disney cell animation sort of vibe." Yeah, um, and the whole it's story really, is really great. It's really leaning on Mulan a bit. Yeah, it, it definitely that did. aesthetic.
0: Um, But that's—I guess—that's to say that it's aesthetic as Chinese people.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, (laughs) that's—that's pretty much what it is. It's—it's—it's using the same depiction of Chinese people. Um, And and yeah, I—I made a note. There's probably too much steampunk for Sean. Uh, Yeah,
0: I really like which which by too much is literally
1: anything. Yeah, which there is literally some introduced within five minutes. Yeah, this is actually my second favorite of the segments. Yeah, I I thought that this was this was so perfectly put together. It it establishes we start in a flashback, we establish this father-son relationship. The father is a spirit hunter who is going to kill like I guess it's not it, I was thinking it was like a kitsune or something, but it's not Japanese, so I don't know what the equivalent is, but it's like It's
0: a it's a fox witch. Yeah,
1: it's a transforming fox witch lady. And she's going to go like She's going to have a relationship with this man, and the, and the spirit hunter dad is supposed to kill her so she doesn't drain him of life. Um, uh, we have, you know, the chase scene, and the the basically you get this really interesting he said, she said conversation about, well, no, the, if a human falls in love with one of us, we don't have any choice. We have to go to them.
0: Yeah, that's that's a that's a tough thing to kind of like wrap your noodle around too, like how to feel about that.
1: Yeah. I, well, cause I thought it was interesting. It was like, it, it was this, it was a female perspective on magic and sexuality in this, in this way where you, you start with the male perspective, which is they come to drain men of life. Right. And then you get her side, which is no, if a man becomes obsessed with us, we have to go to him. I would rather not, you know? Yeah. It's a lot darker than it's kind of presented.
0: Like, the the themes in the... Well, I mean, until when it's, like, really, like, on the nose. Ah, fuck! Yeah, I was just saying that the the kind of themes, until it gets, like, really on the nose uh, later, that they're a lot darker in the beginning than they really let on. Like, it's a lot more subtle.
1: Yeah, oh yeah yeah. I mean you you have you get this very childish sort of whimsical perspective on this whole situation. And as the as the piece goes on, I mean it it crams so many big ideas into this into this short runtime. You you get into like technology killing magic, you get into industrialization killing nature. You start dealing with basically like colonizer that, culture and... you yeah, yeah, to say the
0: horrors of colonialism. Yeah.
1: Like, a very specific,
0: like... And, like, Anglo-Sino stuff that I'm not, like, overly familiar with besides from Kung Fu. Sure. Uh, so, like, it, it is interesting
1: to see that played out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I loved, I loved how, you know... Uh, I just... I loved how the whole thing rolled out and how it kind of was this uh, parallel... It's kind of a love story... That's happening in tandem with, you know, with just the, the development of China under Western rule.
0: And also, like, I appreciate that it doesn't become a
1: full-on, like, romantic love story at any point. Yeah, they, they – I mean, it, it pretty much ends with – I mean, because they never, they never actually do fall in love. It's sort of this sibling kinship. Yeah. Um, and and just yeah, really cool ending. I mean, there's there's something so incredibly like brutal and tragic about the, I guess what the governor or something who is using her as a concubine. Yeah, but he's like like uh
0: to, to borrow a phrase from Warren it's queer for machines. Yeah, he's he's
1: a real Jordy LaForge. Uh, yeah, he has a pretty good unit though. Oh, yeah, no, that was to yeah, be fair, creepily, creepily like. Not
0: a bad mule on this guy. Um, would you be surprised to know that. God damn it! Would you be surprised to know that this segment and the segment prior to it, the Mass Effect one, are exactly the same length? Are they really? Yeah, they're both 17 minutes. And this is like an entire movie like that takes place over generations.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it is so satisfying the way that the way that it comes together and the the ending is super cool. I mean, we basically end on like you've created like robot fox Batman.
0: Yeah. It he turns her into a, a transformer and then he's like I can make my own magic.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's just it it's really it was so perfectly put together. It's whimsical, it's dark, it's deep. It's, you know, it yeah, I lot. I loved it. I thought it was a great way to end the first half for for our view.
0: Yeah, but you actually watched the next one and from I did. We'll we'll talk about it next episode, I guess, but from the way you said you watched
1: it, I doesn't sound like you cared for it a whole lot. I thought it was fine. I okay. don't think there's anything wrong with it. It just uh I don't know. It 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 really kind of it goes back to the same feeling about the uh, the beyond the Aquila Rift one, where it's just like I've I've seen this story before, and it didn't add anything to that story. Like it felt it, the the next the, the next one just kind of feels to me like a like a an, an Outer Limits sketch from like the okay. '90s reboot, where it's like yeah, I get it, I get it, a bit in this.
0: <laughs> well. Let's wrap this up while we still can. Yeah, because um, we're
1: making our own podcast anthology. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it seems that way.
0: It's and get short. ready for all the times where I just bang on the desk and go, God damn it, That I'm not going to edit out. Because I feel like you should feel like you were here with us.
1: <laughs> I didn't even hear you yell anything, so i yeah. out.
0: <laughs> so we apologize, or I apologize for kind of the choppiness of this episode, but I'm going to get rid of my uh, little guy local company and get one of these massive mega conglomerates to do my internet and that's just gonna be how it is. Yeah,
1: let them let them just bring the internet straight in. Yeah. Uh. Well, yeah. Cool. So we'll uh, we'll watch the second set, close out this uh, love, death, and robots series, and and yeah. come back at it. Yeah, and maybe you have
0: to change the title of the show because we've watched very little anime lately.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, we're we're watching animated things. Yes. <laughs> that's kind of anime. <laughs> yeah. That's so, it's at least most of the syllables yeah yeah
0: <laughs> so all right we got a new book coming out soon that i somehow missed the entire chapter heading on which is a first oh yeah so i'm really proud
1: of that oh uh, the book's good besides that oh yeah no the book looks great <laughs> and that uh, you know even even the author was like oh i missed i didn't number the chapters right either so it's not you know yeah i only <laughs> noticed because i was formatting the damn thing and i'm like Wait a second. <laughs> <Hang> <laughs> this is on, the thing man. I look at because I'm going to change the font here. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, but it, it's, it's 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 called Remind. It's it's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, so. I'm excited. It'll be that'll be the end of May.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we've also got uh, O'Brien's book, Furies.
1: Yeah, Furies thus spoke, which is about yeah. a it's a gritty noir superhero story about a bunch of people who got powers that they didn't really want and what they're going to do yeah. with them. Uh, uh, so check that out. Yeah. And when does Ivy Day come out? That's gonna be June or July. Yeah, late, so maybe late some... June. Yeah, so we're we're coming and, at it. And then I'll I'll get the boned collection put together here soon too. Um, so and if we got our wants project.
0: That. And uh, yeah, we have got our little uh, Fuck Betsy DeVos project going. And yeah. uh, I don't wanna I don't wanna pick favorite kids because I love all the stuff we've done. But Ivy Day is a certified banger. I love that. Yeah.
1: Oh, it absolutely is. It's a it's a phenomenal book. Um, and and it's, it's very different for us because uh, it's yeah. not – I mean, it's sci-fi in a lot of ways, but it's also not sci-fi in a lot of ways. So I think it will have pretty broad appeal for anybody who's interested in taking a shot. Pam's work is just always good.
0: Yeah, and it will appeal to broads too. Right. So yeah. – <laughs> All right, man. All right. So, yeah, uh, listen to Nate Other Show, a vague idea, which is comes out regularly and without huge breaks in the recording. I imagine uh, I yeah. can't recall hearing one.
1: No, not not usually, unless <laughs> unless somebody says something that's horrible and I have to cut it out.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: and then all the other shows
0: that are on the network that you're currently listening to. Nate, I love you, and I will talk to you soon. I
1: love you too. Have a great day. I hope your internet and, is reliable from here on out. Well, I don't give a shit now. I'm good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> like, all right. Okay, cool. Talk to you next time. Bye. Okay. <laughs> Bye.